Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, a podcast that is primarily designed to get uh, golfers of all ages and stages up out of their armchairs and heading off to play the golf courses the pros played. Although, to be honest, the one we watched at the weekend is the one that we'd all like to play and that most of us will never actually get the chance to play. Yes, it was Masters weekend, uh, and I have to say I probably watched more golf on television in the four days than I've watched in a very, very long time. The joys, Des, of being semi-retired. Uh, isn't it lovely? Yes, yes. Uh, good evening, Thor, and, and good evening, young Mike. And yes, what a lovely uh, weekend of golf. But, oh. Well, uh, Des is looking a little frazzled at the moment because the traffic on his way over here tonight wasn't <laughs> oh. ideal, and uh, he's looking for us sitting in a sumptuous hotel suite, somewhere uh, in Edinburgh. I, if I'd said Premier Inn, you really are at the top of the league there, Mike. But young Mike is in Scotland at the moment, so he's joining us uh, online. So good to see you as usual. Yes, uh, good to be back. I'm over here on a foreign for excursion to spread uh, the word of the in the footsteps of Giant podcast, and I've got uh, signed up many uh, new uh, listeners uh, today. So our uh, listener base will grow. Are we going to have to change the way we pronounce a lot of words if we're going to try and hit the Scottish audience on a much bigger scale? <laughs> Are we going to have to? Des, you'll be you'll be practicing your okay, Scottish. Yeah, I do. I do problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm not quite no. sure which part of Scotland no. that was meant to be from. <laughs> but anyway, tonight uh, this episode really focuses on uh, what happened at the Masters because, um, well, there's plenty to talk about. So our episode tonight is entitled Two Men and a Green Jacket Review and it is coming to you from the Ted Scott Suite. Oh, Ted Scott. Because Des, as you know, know. caddies need a little love. Exactly. Can I tell you, well, Ted Scott is the caddy for Scotty Scheffler, as we all know. He was actually the caddy for Bubba. They did 15 years together. Yeah, but last year, I mean, just on the earnings of what, what, what uh, Scotty Scheffler ha- has, he, I mean, he added 2.7 million with his win at the Masters. And I mean, he entered 2022 without a win. Uh, he was ranked 11th. Uh, and then, of course, he won the Phoenix, uh, the Arnold Palmer and the World Golf Challenge. Would you believe it? John Ram last year was the top earner. Earning seven point seven million. To date, Scotty Scheffler has earned over ten million, and that his caddy Ted Scott, if he gets ten percent, which I presume he does, it would put him seventy seventh on the PGA Tour money list. I know, <laughs> as a caddy, I, I actually <laughs> saw uh, somebody else put that out on on Twitter. Not that I'm saying your your work isn't original, does, no, no. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I did I did see that and say, you know, he's ahead of of a number of the of the yeah, tour pros, which yeah. is 
not bad money. And the question is, is Scotty Scheffler making Ted Scott better? Or is Ted uh, Scott making Scotty yeah. Scheffler world class? Well, look, I'll and back I the think, caddy. I think uh. I think we're going to come back to that because I think uh, I think you've maybe given away to the listeners who won the Masters, Des. Oh, you, gosh. You, you've maybe our Green Jacket <laughs> review's gone a, a little. So let let's just start from the very beginning. Let's we're going to look at what I think are the big big questions that ca- that comes out of the last week and. I have to say, it's as good a week as we've had in a long time. So let's start with some of the very biggest questions that uh, we can possibly ask. And our number one question that I want to ask you boys is, what on earth is going on with Tony Finau's stylist? (laughs) And I'm showing the boys the photograph of the most horrendous golf outfit that seems to be some sort of orangey-yellow with pink, and black bands and a big pink hat. Tony is a cool dude, but not looking uh, like no, that. No, that wasn't a good look. No, but no. just on a serious point, quite a, there was quite a lot of commentary over the weekend that um, a number of the manufacturers seemed to be rolling out a particularly unusual range of shirts. Uh-huh. And I mean, Tiger for all his money and all his Nike deal, two of Tiger's shirts looked absolutely awful. Yes, they didn't yes. look like they yeah. fitted even, him. Even on Sunday, I didn't think he looked well. No. Well, I mean, I think we'll, we'll come to that, obviously. Yeah. And then somebody else said, Jordan Spieth, Under Armour. What are Under Armour doing? Are they trying to sell an under-12s range? Because they were dressing <laughs> yeah. him like an under twelve. What do you boys think? Am I am I am I over? No, no. I thought there was a few strange uh, dressers uh, there at the weekend. Uh, one other sort of we say. Would Tyrrell Hatton be a cross dresser? Uh, <laughs> maybe our one of our trans. No. Um, did you actually know that Tiger was um, wearing foot joys? Yes, you know, yes. and he's been with Nike for I think twenty five years or so. But he explained that it was with his new leg and the screws and rods and everything, he needed more stability. And the good thing I thought about it was Nike were were quite amicable about it. Well, I I think Nike would be hard-pressed not to be, because if he's saying it is for a medical reason, and quote-unquote, your shoes don't provide the stability (laughs) I need. Yeah, Mm. Yeah. Nike were were quick to come out and, and say, uh, we're working with Tiger to find a, a, a solution to this by our own range. Uh, we don't have it at the moment, and we support uh, Tiger using uh, a shoe that's most suitable for him uh, in his current condition. So they, they, they came out and they got ahead of uh, a bit. I don't think Tiger shortchanged them on getting any publicity for their brand at the weekend. No, no, no. I think it is uh, entirely you know appropriate to say. And that, that gets me to a second question. Mm-hmm. Which is, did Tiger win the pip simply in those few days? Last year, he won the pip by just putting out a video, yes, a 10 second yes. video of hitting a, a shot. But, you know, with what he has just done yeah. uh, and all the rest of it, and, I think, and let's I think just. He's probably leading that okay at the minute, yes. Let's spend a couple of seconds on Tiger Woods. And when we last recorded, it was before the official announcement. We suspected yes. Tiger was going to play the Masters but he hadn't formally declared, and he went out. Now, by the way, a a little recommendation to listeners who aren't of a particularly sensitive nature. There is a a Twitter follow called Charlie Woods, which I am convinced is not actually Charlie (laughs) Woods, based on some of the things that have been said on it. But I have to say, I have (laughs) chuckled more loudly 
at some of those tweets coming out, especially last week when he, he did a whole series on what appeared to be I'm, I'm having problems at school. The teacher won't let me out. And I keep saying, but I have a business trip to go on to Augusta. <laughs> it was a very funny oh. series of tweets. But did Tiger do even more than you anticipated? Yeah. Well, I think even, yeah. Martin, from the last pod, I think we were quite negative about Tiger reaching the Masters. And I think I'd sort of even said I didn't think he was going to play. So the fact that he even turned up, he he walked the four days. That was going to be the big pressure point. Could he do the walk for four days up on that hilly, hilly course? And I have to say that even on Sunday, I still thought he looked quite fit. I thought actually fitness-wise he had it, but you could see the pain. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, was I the only one wincing when, and do you see when he accelerated off the 18th green up that slope yeah. to get in there? I was going... There is somebody who is doing that more on willpower and I will not show weakness because you yeah. could see the effort that that was taking. Yeah, but the first so. couple of days, I did predict, I think I predicted, I could be wrong, I may have to check, but I thought if Tiger played, he would make the cut uh-huh. because he's just got yes. too much knowledge of the place, plus it's yes. a small field. Would I make a cut in any of the other majors playing like that? Probably not. He... he he played so brilliantly and he putted well the first two days and then the putting left him a bit on the on the third day. Yeah. But what he did and how he did it, um, without driving the ball particularly well or particularly far, mm-hmm. but he yeah. used all his knowledge yeah. and yeah. he worked Experience. his way around there. I thought it yeah. was possibly one of the most remarkable sporting yeah. things I've seen. <laughs> he was asked as well, said, when you uh, beat Rocco Mediate on the broken leg, uh-huh. is that pain equivalent to what you're in right now? And he went, not even close. <laughs> and this is after the, the, the rehab. Yeah. And I actually heard, I was listening to another podcast yesterday, and when they said that actually Tiger Woods spent three months in a hospital bed. Yes. yes. Three months. And this is an alpha male athlete of his standard to be in a hospital bed for three months and then come out and has not taken a day off since he has worked and rehabbed every day. I mean, I mean, I, I know what it's I'm like in to be in the hospital. <laughs> I was only in for four days with legendary McGribs, but uh, you have to take your hat off to him. He's, he's, he, he really, really uh, shone, shone brightly there this weekend. And can you know, I one have- of the biggest things for, for me was that that was his 22nd consecutive cut made at the Masters. Oh, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, that's it's absolutely record. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he again obviously loves the place, but, and his experiences there is are second to none. And finally, the crowd, everybody in the crowd absolutely loves him. The, the ovation he oh, got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I'm I'm sort of going back just a split second because legendary over there made reference to his accident, oh. and you know, did you take a day off afterwards, or have you rehabbed <laughs> every single day to be better than you ever were? Uh, no, 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 no. But uh, I tell you what, I've never watched so much TV in bed uh, <laughs> after you know. But uh, yeah, you were yeah. in a, you were in a lot of pain. I'm, <laughs> I was. I'm, I'm delighted to see you looking more like your yourself oh, thank these God. days. Yes, yes, yes. You know. Yeah. Well, look, stepping back again, because uh, again, I want to try and follow through on the main issues that, that came out of the week. But uh, at the end of it, Tyrrell Hatton 
made some comments, and I've already made a, a slight reference to that because. But there is a very interesting side to that in that Tyrrell Hatton and quite a few people are coming out in support of him saying Tyrrell Hatton is only saying what is in effect true, that at times the master's course, Augusta, is somewhat tricked up because you can hit a pretty good shot in, get the wrong spin and end up 60 feet away. Yeah, yeah. And you can hit the exact spot and everything and it rolls to within an inch because they funnel it in. Yes. So... Is Tyrrell Hatton any validity to, well, to sort of say, was, or is it just a bad day and at the office? I was even watching it with my good lady, and she couldn't get over some of the shots that were being hit into the, the, the front of the green and getting up onto the green, and then ending up about 50 feet down, down uh, below it, you know? And there's yeah. times again, I think you have to say, that is a little unfair at times. But again, that's 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 Augusta, you know. Here, here's a realistic question. I'll go to Mike first because he's the best golfer amongst us. He is the the man searching for mm-hmm. scratch. Yes, he's searching for it. He hasn't got there, listeners, but he is yeah. searching for it. Mike, just assume you had your normal game, not your very best day, but very much not your worst day. Yeah. And we'll we'll move you forward on the tee so that you're actually only playing it at six and a half. So it's six and a half yeah. thousand yards, but the conditions on the final round of the Masters. What can you score? I'm not breaking a hundred. <laughs> which is which right. is actually probably a very very honest answer, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. because I think without the experience and without the ability to put, I mean, I've I've looked at that and I was talking to my wife when we were watching it, and I was saying, you know, I'm not sure I couldn't go around there. I I could get to the greens. Yeah, and I can hit them on the way past because the chances are yeah. when I hit them, they're going to go through or they're going to come up short and roll back, and then I'm going to yeah. have a number of nightmare shots. Like you, I, I didn't think a hundred yeah, making a yeah. hundred even at six and a half thousand yards w- yeah. was was on. Because like, I, th- I think the thing for for me and Augusta's the, the Augusta the green complexes and, for, and this year I think in particular we got to see um the the elevational changes because of um the guys using uh, the the drone uh, images so whenever they, they were flying into the greens and they were sort of stepping up you could see the sheer steeps and or sorry steep rules and undulations and different things and you'll you'll get it whenever whenever you play um a dare manner um this year, uh, Martin, it's not going to be as tricked up as as much as as Augusta, but those green complexes and and the premium that is placed on, on where you land the ball with an iron shot, and and you think about it, these guys are having to go into these greens with five irons, six irons, so they have to, and they're landing it into a specific uh, section of that green to ensure that they can keep it within twenty feet. So it's uh, it's put the premium on longer irons, and it's also uh, making sure that you're. You've got um, good pace uh, with with your putting um, uh, and your lag putting, and that you're you're not you're not uh, fiendish of uh, a three footer back to, to try and make par. I I think some of those three footers terrify me. Yeah, In fact, yeah, I, yeah. I I watched a number of Rory's putts uh, through through my fingers um, because he was on such a belting round in the final day. Yes. and that'll that'll lead me on actually because. Morikawa and McElroy played together in the final day. Both played reasonably well. Both celebrated. Both hold bunker shots at eighteen. Rory had his best ever day at final day at the Masters. He he came from a long way back to end up runner up. But what he is able to do is hit the ball very high, 
and brings yeah. it in, and he actually putted well on this occasion. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that is just such a golf course that I think without the experience, but we come back to it. It, it is still, although it's difficult, it is still the easiest major to win because well, it's yes. the smallest field. Smallest number, 91. 91 uh, of whom six 30, amateurs. 30 aren't, yeah, aren't, yeah. have no chance of winning. Although you come back, and I'll come back to a little topic I think I've mentioned before, Martin, uh, bifurcation. They've made changes to, to try and make that course a little tougher. And, you know, you, they've made changes to the 11th and the 15th hole. Uh, they've lengthened them. And I thought it was actually quite interesting with Fred Ridley, who was the, the, the chairman at Augusta. He said that both the USGA and the RNA are reaching decisions and that that's that's coming to head this summer with with recommendations. So um, I thought that was interesting, you know. And you you think that, that that course is so tough, but yet they are lengthening some holds. And yet, if you look at the score that won, that the score even with their ability to hit the ball further is no no better than it normally is. No, no. But it even I that even shows Rory sixty four on the final day as an probably, and I think he'd even. Mentioned himself, possibly one of his best rounds he's ever played at, at uh, any sort of open. Um, yeah. So, and that just shows you what a <laughs> how brilliant that round was. Oh no, that round well was played, so, right? that round was sensational. In fact, he was the only player in the field in the four days I was told, but certainly in the final round to go bogey free. Because that that sixty four is the is the lowest uh, final round um, score in the Masters in Masters history. Obviously, the the course record being sixty three by our, our our nearest and dearest, Mister Norman and Nick Price. Ooh. I think so. That is um, interesting because <laughs> I I actually got some statistics today, and this is the best weekend scores at the Masters. This is the weekend scores at the Masters. Scotty Scheffler minus two, Lowry. Minus two, not per day, total across the weekend. Mm. Zalatoris, minus two. Connors, minus two. Minwoo Lee, minus two. Cam Smith, minus three. Colin Marokawa, minus three. Cameron Champ, minus three. Rory McElroy, minus nine. Yeah, yeah. Good grief. Yeah, that says it all. That is some going. So and and he did, by the way, all of that pretty much on the final day. Um, course, but yep. that is, if you look at what once they got to the weekend, once they're through the cut, once they made and the Saturday was a difficult day because of the temperature, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So again, we get back to bifurcation and mm. bifurcation. I've always said I like the idea of just narrowing courses in uh-huh. and making uh-huh. it. If you're going to try and hit it too far, you you start actually running out of space. Yeah. So. At 250 yards, the fairway is 30 yards wide. Yes. yes. But at 300 yeah. yards, it's 15 yards wide. Yeah. You know, and, and therefore it'll put a premium on accuracy. But, you know, they're going to do something. They've, this. they've lengthened the, those two holes and they're they're going to make possible further changes to the 13th hole. Because uh, everybody there was hitting sort of mid to high irons in the 13th. Yeah. Faldo, do you hear Faldo? Yeah. Faldo says he, he remembers hitting a two iron into yes. that green. The 13th at Augusta is one of the holes that I enjoy each year because it is an eagle opportunity and you know it's an eagle opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily wrong because the penalties for getting it wrong are still pretty high. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, the very fact that they're getting the chance to make eagle, but mm-hmm. there are plenty of holes at Augusta you're, you're not 
you're struggling to make a par. Oh, I mean, yeah. the first yeah. is, is an insane hole because it is just so often that people start over par. Yeah. And, and that's actually interesting because there's two things that Chairman Ridley, and let's go back to Chairman Ridley for a second, the, the mm. chairman of Augusta. Firstly, he said in his comments that Phil Mickelson was not banned. Phil yep. made the decision himself, sent him a text message six weeks earlier. Yep. I'm not playing, I'm not we, coming. That's right. We did not disinvite Phil. We did not dis- yes, yes, we did not disinvite Phil. No. I'm Probably. going to read between the lines. <laughs> and if Phil had decided to rock up, the Masters wouldn't have been very happy. No, I think had no, he decided no, no. to rock up, they might have disinvited. Yes. But I think they, they were very happy to be able to say, no, no, Phil has uh, stepped aside here. Phil has gone dark. Yes, he's that completely. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've gone. And actually, I remember what Bryson even said, that he, he, he said he reached out to Phil, but... Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't come back to him. He's gone dark, like he said. Well, I think Phil has walked a number of them down an alleyway and yeah. Phil suddenly discovered a trapdoor and wherever it took yeah. him, it's taken him. But the other thing I want to talk about, which comes up after um, the, the final day, and it's a very, very valid point, and actually it could very easily have cost Rory McIlroy the Masters. And that is the fact that I think it was on the third hole that both Cameron Smith and Scotty Scheffler got a drop from behind one of the TV towers. Yes. Now, That's right, yeah. there is a lot of argument that uh, pro golfers hitting it to a permanent, behind a permanent structure, mm. which, I mean, those TV towers are there year in, year out. They're there. They're part of the course. They're not temporary. They're not like a lot of the stands or various other things. Why are you giving pro golfers relief that brought them out within clear sight of the green mm-hmm. For something that is there permanently, and, and they just hit an appalling shot. They yes. both hit awful shots. Well, this yeah. is a bring. And then Scotty Scheffler chipped in for a birdie. It takes me back to the pro amateur glass, Marty, in the late eighties, early nineties. And if you know, as it was then, going up the fifteenth, uh, sorry, the sixteenth hole, there's a cottage on your left hand side. And, you know, if you hit your, your ball behind that, that's tough. you just got to chip out, aren't you? you know? Yes. Uh, the, the, the pros, and this is the Irish, uh, GUI, uh, give the pros relief, which we all thought was a bit strange. So there's different rules for pros. Uh, there may well be, but when there are millions of dollars at stake and a major, oh, yeah. why yeah. are you giving two of the world's best pros a buy ball for lumping it miles offline? Yeah. Yeah, and that was the thing, Martin. You remember, like at uh, the the drivable par four at WGC in in uh, Dell in, in Austin, uh, and it was exactly the same argument because what the what the pros were doing was that if they were if they were bringing the water into play with their three wood, they were just going. Do you know what? I'll take the driver, and if I stuff it into uh, the entertainment tents, uh, I get relief, even if the ball's lost. So that's what they're doing exactly the same thing. And I think my my feeling on that is. Exactly what you're saying there, Martin, is that it, it's it's it, that's unfair. You know, if, if if relative to sort of us, if, if we're playing, if we were if we got the chance to, to to play Augusta and we put it out to the left hand side behind the the the, the permanent uh, scoreboard structure, um, we're 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 playing it like we're we're not getting line of sight relief. Well, you're certainly not from me. Because I'll no, be, no, no, I'll be well, in the middle of the fairway yeah. and looking to try and claw a hole back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I do, I do think that that is a a valid point, and I, could, I I believe as well the night before 
And I have to confess, Scotty Scheffler was finishing up on the Saturday night and was taking relief for something on the 18th. Didn't see all of that because it was quite late and I may have mm-hmm. dozed off. Mm-hmm. But it, again, there was a little bit of debate about the amount of time and where he eventually got. No, he had a rules official. He did nothing wrong. He didn't Patrick read it. Um, but he, uh, you know, as we like to say on this podcast. Yes. But, uh, I mean, again, he got a very advantageous relief having hit the ball a fair bit offline. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's the thing is that the relief that that, that he got, if he was, and and the, the, I think there was a lot of there was a lot of chat on Twitter as to whether the the, the butt of the the driver was aligned with the ball, um, to, to, and sort of the, the the two club lengths uh, to give him the relief. And it just so happens that where he managed to get the relief, he was able to get a full swing on it. A driver had favourable relief, and he wasn't hitting that three iron that that bounded up uh, up to the green. So, as you said, Martin, he brought the rules official in, and he was he was coached through it, and he asked all the questions. So, oh no, I, Scotty Scheffler didn't do anything other than play no. by play by the rules, and I've no query on that. I'm just querying some of the decisions and yeah. the rules because. For amateur players, we lump it into the middle of the boondoo. That's us. Well, it's norm- it's normally the hole for us in many ways because <laughs> yeah. we won't score points. But uh, anyway, okay, let's get to the sort of some of the other general points uh, that that happened. First off, and a very simple one, Paul Casey withdrew minutes before mm. he was due to tee off, and it it taught me something that I'd never known about Augusta before which is Augusta has no alternates policy. So unlike a lot of other tournaments where there would be some alternates hanging around mm-hmm. hoping to get a start and you'd fill up the field, no. because So the likes of Richard Bland, who, who went home mm-hmm. and didn't quite qualify, could have been kept around as an alternate. Yeah. Somebody doesn't yeah. start. And in fact, I think there were Strange. two. I, I mean, Louis, who stays in withdrew yes, after withdrew, the first yeah. round. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he withdrew from injury. I, I don't know if that was injury to feelings because he played like a clampet or if it's just <laughs> actual injury, but he, he withdrew yeah. then. But Paul Casey never hit a shot. No, no. And Richard Bland, who was the kind of the yes. man to miss out, never got to play. So yeah, it's, a, uh, it's a pity, actually, they didn't but there have is, anybody. Yeah. There is no alternates policy, and yeah. therefore, unlike a lot of other tournaments, there you well, nobody gets drafted in it at the last minute. Costa's decision, yeah. Okay, let's go yeah. to the name and shaming bit of this evening's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Des, we're going to start with you. Oh, dear. Your pick, the man who was going to play. <laughs> do get through Bryson DeChambeau. Talk uh, us through your well, pick, my friend. Yes, Bryson sort of did let me down a little bit there. Uh, he he just didn't look good at all. Uh, I, I, I'll take it all back. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a Bryson fan by any means, but uh, no, he didn't perform at all. Right, that's been named and shamed. Mike's turn. I I don't like doing it, Des. I I took no joy out of doing that. But um, no, I think what I then did like, because again, I'm I'm a little bit critical of the science experiment because I don't think he sells it particularly attractively to to the fans. And he's he's a little bit, you know, standoffish in many ways. and, And but he stuck around at Augusta for the weekend and went out and walked the course so that he could watch Tiger play because he said, I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to get to watch the greatest of all time play this game. So again, a certain amount of respect creeps back in that you realized where you were, what you were seeing. 
and and he is a man who's already injured, and he could do with some of Tiger's grit and yeah. resolve yep. to get through what he's doing, and maybe get himself back to his normal body yes. and just focus on golf rather than this science of trying to get faster and faster, longer and longer, and all the rest of it. Why not just get better? Yeah, yeah, and more consistent. Yeah, I think the next couple of months are going to tell a lot about Bryson. Uh, he, you know, there's some players I think have have lost. Patrick Reed comes to mind. You know, he hasn't really gone anywhere in the last twelve months. Has Bryson gone? You know, I I don't know. Uh, it's one to watch. I, I'm not at all convinced, but I haven't been convinced at all since he started going down this road because mm. one, his statistical scores are not getting substantially better. No, than, than no, where he was, yeah. and secondly, he's going to break his body, and we've we've said that so many times that you know I I can't see that we're going to be wrong in that. There's certainly a a degree of breakdown uh, going on. Okay, one of my two picks, not my actual pick, but one of my two picks that I put to you was Cam Smith. Yes, and Cam Smith, yeah. pretty sensational until the back nine mm-hmm. on Sunday. Boy, can he put? Yeah, unreal. I mean, that is, that is absolutely, and even though he was hurting on 18, on the final day, having it blown it, and we'll come back to his mistake again, you know, we talked about did he push it on 17 at Sawgrass, when he put it really, really close, uh-huh. and, and won the players. Uh, he went for the flag again on 13 on Sunday, and put it in the water where many have before yes. him, yes. and uh, there went there went his last chance of, of recovering. There goes in, the Masters. In, there goes the Masters. Phrase, yes. Yes. But on the final day, up 18, he held back to allow Scotty Scheffler to take the crowd applause yes. walking up. Yes. And, and again, a little touch of class. And this is what I like to see about some of these younger players, that they recognize the fact that, yep, it's not my day. Uh-huh. I'm hurting, but yeah. this yeah. is the guy. And so, again, Cam Smith comes out of it quite well in my eyes. Oh, he does, yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just on who I thought was disappointing uh, was a couple that we would always talked about was John Ram and Victor Hovland. Victor, they always said there was a Victor's chipping is the one mm-hmm. area of his game that's a little bit weak at the yeah. moment. And I, I have to say, I'm struggling to forgive Victor for the pink trousers. <laughs> oh, I, po- I posted them on, um, on our Twitter account, and I have to say, Victor, we love so much about you, but uh-huh. the pink trousers are not one of them. Do you know what, no. uh, was, go. what was nice to see was the past winners. Uh, ben Crenshaw, did you see him? There's, there's, they actually now, didn't see Oh, did you see Ben Crenshaw was yeah. on the driving range? Uh, there's a poser, guys. Where to Ben Crenshaw? And I'll give you within one year either side. Oh, do you know what? It has to be 25 years ago. So give me a year. I'm going to say 1996 stroke seven. Okay, Mike. I'll tell you, Martin's way out. I was going to say uh, 88, 89. Oh, closer. 1984, believe it or not. Oh, well, give the it, year I was born. Ah, uh, of course, of course. Well well done for um, <laughs> getting <laughs> right. that then, Mike. And then Ian Woosnam. <laughs> when, when did Ian Woosnam win? Well, Woosnam won before Crenshaw, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I'm going to go... Although Faldo won in the 90s. No, I would reverse that decision. Yeah, I'm going to say 93. 
Oh, I'm going to say 91. Oh, well done, Mike, 1981. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I'll give you one last one there. I, I hate the fact he's so quick on Google. <laughs> give you the last one there. Our friend, VJ. When did VJ win? I'm going to say VJ won actually around about 2003. Oh, he's missed out again, Mike. Uh, you got two, two 2000, lead. 2003 was Mike Weir, I think. Oh, uh, he has. He is I, looking this uh, up. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm pretty sure VJ was oh, Tiger was was a one. Uh, I'm gonna say 2000. Oh, <laughs> absolutely brilliant, Mike. Yes, that's two nil. Or you were well. For those there. of you that can't see Mike on the screen right now, he's doing what could only be described as an inappropriate dance, uh, as if as if he has won something substantial. Just. Look, uh, I have a lot of notes to read. I can't know everything all of the time. Uh, yeah. um, okay, Sunjay M. Mm. Our mate M. Mm. 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 Uh, he played well again. He did, he did. Uh, he fell away a little bit. He did, but he was he, looking good there for a while. He yep. does seem to like uh, Augusta. But then we go on and second name in shame. Okay. Second name in shame. And unfortunately, that's me. Uh, oh. I picked Shane Laurie uh, to win it. Now, he came third. Yeah. He came third. Yeah. and uh, But I'm going to ask you a question, Des, and you being an art glass man, you can mm. probably get to the bottom of this faster than I can, oh. which is he came third, but at what cost to his player-caddy relationship? <laughs> <laughs> he did lose it there. Blew a gasket. Uh, uh, that's right. And uh, I thought Bo took it very well. He just said back up. Mm-hmm, okay, well. Well, third place wins more than a million dollars. Exactly. I, think I was Bo, thinking Bo's happy enough there. He is. Bide yes. your time, Bo. I think even go- what, what Bo has won this year, I think he's a very happy puppy. Yeah. I, I would go, if you're going to punch uh-huh. him in the face, Bo, wait till the check clears. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it was very uh, Irish men second and third and and Rory what did he win well, he won over one and a half million or something 1.6 1.6 whoa now that that means that of of the three of us Mike's having a very good run isn't he he is somebody said to me last week um is young Mike you know going to be a permanent fixture on your podcast oh and I said at the time, was yeah, that his wife? No. Yes. <laughs> I, I said at the time, yes, because uh-huh. you know. And then the guy goes, "That's good because I think he makes you two better." Now oh. tonight, is that a comment? My, my not to me, no. but to, tonight, Mike has got the correct answer several times and made me look not quite as sharp as I maybe sometimes do. Yeah, so, not is he a permanent feature on the podcast? <laughs> it's, a, it's a little more debatable right now. Anyway, you must have been excited watching Rory par his way up the table on uh, Sunday, Mike. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it just. Do you remember we were we were doing the review on Dubai, and we had said that Rory kind of lost that. You know that spring in the step that he has whenever he's he's, he's on a bit of a bounce, and we, we didn't see that. That is the first time I've seen Rory really sort of throw the brakes off and go and play golf. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was. It was absolutely fabulous to see. It just reminded me of the last round at, at Valhalla whenever he won uh, PGA in 2014, his last major. Yep. He just looked like he was swinging freely. He had the care in the world, and he was just out having fun. And I, if we can get Rory back into that space, and hopefully that he, that's all he really needed, um, that sort of feeling on, on Sunday to, to go, do you know what? I'm just going to go out. I'm going to have fun. But it feels to me that Rory's going to have to come from behind 
at, at, at Augusta and sort of have that feeling that he's chasing the field as opposed to, to, to holding a lead. Totally agree with you. Other than yeah. I don't think it should be from nine or ten behind. I think no. it, it would no. be better to be three or four so that he's, he's teeing off half an hour, 40 minutes ahead of the leaders mm-hmm. and can get out there onto the yes. golf course and start doing something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the run he made through the table and as I gave you the stats a little bit earlier anyway, I mean, that was his weekend, but more particularly his Sunday was just sensational. Mm-hmm. It blew the field away, except Scotty Scheffler already had it won yeah. because yeah. all he had to do was finish. He just had to four putt the 18th. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine four putting, putting the 18th, 18th to win, win by the three. Yeah. The other thing, actually, yeah. just on a wee side there, Rory started the Masters with a new ball. Yeah. He's not, he's what, did he get a new penfold ace out yeah. of its packet? Was, he's, <laughs> now, he's now playing TaylorMade. Uh, I think it's TP5X or something, but something crazy. But all these people, you know, Tiger changing his shoes, Rory changing his ball, you know. There's a lot goes on. Well, I mean, you're not yeah. going to change from your Molitors, are you? Not guys? at all, not at all. No, they're, they're scary they long, are those scary. balls. They're scary <laughs> long, <laughs> scary long. Okay. The, the only other thing I was going to say there is on Rory. I don't know if, if if you guys picked it up or maybe I'm maybe I've got a, a an element of, of bias here, but outside of Tiger, um, I don't think any other player gets appreciation from from the fans. The yeah. roars for oh, Rory yeah. are, are, are are the Americans are love very him. similar to Tiger. Yeah, yeah he's brilliant. Yeah. He's so yeah. good, but he he comes across very well and he plays with a in a certain style, but he just needs yeah. to win more. Yeah, 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 and. You know, I well, I I will just I'll nip forward to to something that that I took from one of my what I call Augusta takeaways, which isn't where's the chip shop locally. Augusta uh-huh. takeaways were what did I take away from the tournament? But I wrote down Rory needs a major soon if he's going to kick on again yeah, and actually yeah. pick up maybe a few more. I mean, to me, Rory should finish his career with eight or nine majors. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. the talent Agreed. to be every but in in that area. I, yeah. The talent pool is so deep on the PGA yeah. that I, I think he needs to win soon. And that was a run. And I think this year is an important year yeah. because I think there are opportunities, two opportunities. Bizarrely, I don't think it's St. Andrews. Mm. I don't. I think, agree. I don't think it's St. Andrews. But I do think there's two opportunities coming up and he should be taking great heart out of what he's just done yeah. and, and go forward with that. you said, Mike, 2014, I think, was his last major. That's, you know, that's eight yeah. years ago. But that's ago. what I'm saying is the scar tissue. And I yeah. think he exercised quite a few demons on uh, Sunday um, with that round at, mm. at Augusta. He knows he can do it. Uh, and there was another, somebody else asked a question on another podcast and they just threw this one question in. They said, if Ted Scott was on Rory's bag, mm. would Rory have a green jacket? And the answer is nobody knows. And I mean, yeah, Harry Diamond no. didn't seem to put too much of a foot wrong, you know, but no. I'm just saying it's mm-hmm. interesting yeah, that yeah. They, they continue to ask the question. Right, let's go back and just finish off the actual tournament. And let's start with a slight apology. And I, th- I think it's an apology that an awful lot of podcasters are making at the moment, which was the debate, is Scotty Scheffler really a world number one? Or has he kind <laughs> of just fallen into it on the hottest of hot streaks? I think he's, he's certainly on a hot streak. Right now, he's definitely on a hot streak. Uh, yeah, of course. But right now, he, he is definitely the best player in the world because the statistics yeah. clearly show that. Yeah, well, we can do that at the Masters. And as you say, like he was, he won it by... by Three and he four putted the eighteenth. You know, yeah. uh, he's, yeah. he's he's the hottest thing in golf at the moment. There's no doubt. Yeah, 
and it actually, was unshakable. Yeah, yeah, and Tiger, when asked about it, um, he sort of said, "Look, you've got a window of opportunity, and when you're when you're there, you're there, and you've got to you got to max it out." Um, he never quite said, "Yeah, Scotty's the best in the world right now," <laughs> because Tiger, that's not what Tiger says. But yeah. he is clearly recognizing that Scotty Scheffler is on a different level. Yeah, yeah, at, at just at the moment. Yeah, no doubt. But all streaks end, and it's how you come back and and start mm. getting back to the the consistency and and working your way back into that winner's circle. Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. back to a couple of the other takeaways, and just to 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 cover off on those. We'll start with Tiger again. Is he the toughest competitor of all time in almost any sport? Is he the toughest competitor? Yeah, when you see what he has gone through over the last 10 years alone, uh, he's, I don't know, I'm trying to think, I don't think I could compare him with any other player. You probably get a few hardened rugby players who have gone through the the, the wars, but no, Tiger's, Tiger is, is, is hard, hard to believe. I, I can't think of, of anybody who's put themselves through as much as he's put himself through and, and, and but also just as just what he demands of himself. I, I just can't think I think I think he's the greatest of all time, um, across all sports. I am biased, obviously. Well, you you may well be, but on another discussion I was listening to, they raised a very valid point that Tom Brady, the quarterback with seven mm, Super Bowl yes. uh, titles, six for uh, the Patriots and one for Tampa Bay, has just unretired mm-hmm. at 44 and is going to play again next season. Tom Brady is in far better physical condition than Tiger Woods. Yeah. And Tom Brady gets hit for a living. Yeah, He's been yeah. floored. He plays American football. His body, Tiger Woods' body is absolutely held together by steel. Yes, pins and yeah. rods. and yeah. <laughs> But it's his mental cap- capabilities yes, yes. that are just be on another level. Yeah. And, yeah. and I asked you about your rehab days, and you kind of chuckled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but he doesn't. He just, day after day no, after day, no. and that's what I, I would agree with you, Mike, totally. I think he is the toughest competitor of all time. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. think of anybody that no. has come back more times and surprised us. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah. to, just to walk onto the first tee at the Masters was a result. To be, yeah. uh, what was it? They they actually, on the No Laying Up podcast, on the first day of the Masters, they spent the evening reading out the 71 names of the players he'd beaten. On day right. one. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> or 78, because yes. he was something like Out of the 91 field. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it was, it was bonkers. Uh-huh. And that they were actually saying, this is just, you know, you should be ashamed. This is a man who, <laughs> who nearly lost his leg, who yeah. was three months yeah. in a hospital bed. No, Unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, quick, quick question on a slight digression, gentlemen. How can any SGL event... Although, sorry, sorry, Live Golf event. We're not allowed to call oh, it the yes, SGL. Yes, yes. yes. How can any Live Golf event deliver any of what we've just seen? First and foremost, you've got to have players. <laughs> yes, yes. I still think he's have, they'll have Phil. Somewhere. Well, I'm still reading headlines. Yeah. I even read one today that, that Greg Rorman is set to announce the marquee names. So it'll be interesting. But, okay, there's, there's Bubba and there's Poulter and there's Westwood. 
I heard Kevin Na is is going up for it as well. I think Harold Varner will be in there. Yeah, but are they all yeah, going to face um, they all going to face suspension from the PGA Tour? Uh, do you know? I just hope they do. Yeah, I just if yeah. you're making a choice, you're making a choice, and that's yeah. it's your yeah. choice to make. But I think you should then say, well, other people can make their choice, mm-hmm. and you've got you've got a rule book, and if you're stepping away from one thing, you you no longer qualify. No, and yeah. then of course we might have Phil. But that's another well, interesting I, I th- story. I think they will because I I think Phil is going to struggle to to eat enough humble pie yeah, to come yeah, back to yeah. the the PGA, PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah. We're not a million miles away from, as you say, getting some of the marquee names, and it'll be interesting to see whether they are marquee names or just names they're putting on the marquee. Yeah, maybe because <laughs> that, that's a very different thing. Hello, Greg has also said that uh, one of the guys has won a couple of majors, and one of them was a Ryder Cup player. You know, so there's a lot of well, that's Phil. Both uh, of those could be Phil. Phil could be Phil. That's <laughs> right, yeah. Yes, uh, uh, one of them's left-handed. Well, that'll be, that'll be <laughs> Phil then. One of them drinks a lot of coffee. Uh, well, there's a well, lot of money. That'll be, that'll be Phil then. There's a lot of money yeah, bouncing around there. There's an enormous amount of money, but that's all there is. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. only thing you're going there to do is, yep. is to earn money. You're not going to get... I mean, Scotty Scheffler is a Masters champion. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's history. That's... Immortal, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's that's yeah. with you forever. Whereas, you know, you won twenty million dollars. Ah, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. You got a load of cash. Well done. Yeah. And what did you, you want it your- I want it at the Bedminster Invitational. Who's going to televise this uh, live uh, the tournaments? The live tournaments. Uh, we don't know yet. Yeah, yet. That, that hasn't know. been announced. Yeah. And I mean, that's going to be essential to the whole success of that, if there ever is a success with it. Again, we're going to find out more and more uh, in the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, okay, very quickly, a good Masters or bad Masters, how do you how do you rate this one? I, I just wish Scotty had had his four putts slightly earlier in the round. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, just, I, I would have seen how he would have dealt with that. Um, in, in, in fairness to Scotty Scheffler, what has sort of slightly gone on this was his short game of getting up and down and his just chip mm. shots were just phenomenal. It, from my point of view, it was, it was, it was a great, uh, it was a great masters for Scotty Scheffler. Was it great for us as the viewers? We probably, prob- probably not, probably yeah. not up there as, yeah. as, as one of my favorites. He did spoil but, it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say he ran away with it a bit. He did. I think he spoiled it. I think we were all just watching there to see how well Rory was going to do and how well Shane was going to do. You know, uh, you, you you knew Scheffler was not going to lose that, and that's that takes a, a wee bit away from the Sunday night back nine. You know, which is always starting so on exciting. Th- starting on thirty, there was only one shot between Cameron Smith yeah, and Scotty yeah, Scheffler. Yeah, but that yeah, but, you know. I know, and then and then Sheffield gets a great drop and yeah. chips in. And it's, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's suddenly three yeah. again, and it's it's it really. You could see Cameron uh, uh, Smith being just a little deflated at that point, but I'm conscious yeah. Mike has to go fairly shortly because he has a, another business meeting this evening. Um, but a quick couple of quick talking tidbits that you might actually like, Mike, because you won't have necessarily researched these, but if you have, fair play to you. Um, apparently, at an auction in the last few days. The Tiger Slam irons were sold for five point one five six million dollars. Those yeah. are the ones that Tiger used to win the Tiger Slam. And what were those yeah. clubs? Well, they were Titleists, I think, at the time yeah. he was playing. That's some amount of money for what are, in yeah. fact, 
uh, presumably no more than 10 or 12 ornaments. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is, and coming, obviously, my uh, being a, a, an investment manager, the, the guy who bought them originally has just made 90x on his original investment. So uh, kudos to him. Oh. Yes, but mm. it's a big, it, it's really an ornament. Anyway, okay, here's a couple other quick facts. Uh, caddies who have won the Masters with multiple players. Steve Williams has uh-huh. won four, three with yes. Tiger Woods and one with Adam Scott. Scott yeah. Joe LaCava has won two. And he was apparently Fred Couples' caddy oh, okay. at the right, time. Yeah. And uh, then one with Tiger Woods. Dave Rennick uh, won with Jose Maria Lathabal and Vijay Singh. And Ted Scott has got three. And that's two with Bubba, and now one with Scotty Scheffler. And mm. that is it. Now, th- just leading on from that, because I quite like this little stat as well, to finish it out. Uh, of the tens of thousands of golfers who have played professional golf over the last 85 years, only three of them have completed one Grand Slam. And then there are t- there is Tiger and Jack, who have both completed it Three separate times. My goodness, yeah. Isn't okay. that unbelievable? <laughs> and, and I, I wrote down here, golf is hard except for these two. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's only three other people who have got the slam, all four of the majors. Oh, dear. And Tiger I know Jack, you're going to ask. I've got it three. Oh. T- no, no not, you're not. I'm okay, not, good, no, good, I'm good. not really. <laughs> um, but um, Gary Player is one. Uh-huh. Uh, Sneed is another one. And yeah. is it Tom Watson? It must be Watson. Yeah, I would have thought so. Uh, that's the, the the career, the modern career Grand Slam. The 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 original was Bobby Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think it is that because he only it, back then he just won the three. I don't think he ever won four uh, the same year um, because That's of right. where he did. But um, a couple of couple of other nice things, and and I really do like this, and I wanted you to hear this, Mike, before you you departed. Scotty Scheffler, after uh, he wins the Masters, okay. Mm-hmm. My identity isn't a golf score. Like Meredith, that's his wife, told me this morning, if you win this golf tournament, if you lose by 10 shots, if you never win another golf tournament again, I'm still going to love you and you're still going to be the same person. (laughs) Inspiring words. Commented on by Eddie Pepperell. Oh. And uh, a golfer. And he said, "Um, Jen says this to me every morning when she wakes up. <laughs> Though often a couple of minutes later, she says, oh, by the way, would you stop playing like a twat? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my good lady said I similar. <laughs> so uh, I think at the end of the Masters week, what I would say is congrats to Scotty Scheffler. Yes. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, congrats to Rory for uh, blitzing it out of the park on the final day and showing us that it's there. All you have to do, Rory, is capture it again and a little more consistently over a, a number of days. And a, another major is coming your way. And then again, Shane, I think you apologize to Bo. You tell him <laughs> you didn't really mean it and that you want him to stay in the bag because you're obviously a good team. Yes. And, and it would be a shame to no, make, I don't, uh, make that I would, mistake. I wouldn't like to see that uh, breaking up. And the very last thing for this evening, on a complete aside, is that uh, Ratchanan TK Chantananawat has won the Trust Golf Asian Mixed Cup. That's a professional tournament on the Asian Tour, aged 15 years and seven months. Wow. <laughs> so I ask you both gentlemen, sporting men you were too, 
at the age of 15 years <laughs> and seven months, what were you doing in sporting yeah, achievement yes, at that age? Well, yes. Uh, I was trying to play golf then. I was. I think you were playing more soccer at I that point in time. I was playing more soccer at that time, yeah. yeah. You know, and, yeah, and I, you were, I would you? have been doing the same days. Yeah. I was in Japan playing football for oh, a Northern Ireland representative team. Oh, that's a cool little stat. Do you know the other cool stat is uh, Mike lined up to play a Japanese team and uh, he was the tallest player? No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, here, I'll throw you in the last wee tidbit about what I learned was that Ray's Creek, you know, the 12th hole Ray's Creek, that's named after John Ray, who was an Irishman. He, he lived in the area and he settled in the 1700s. So there, there's a little bit of education. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I thought that was interesting. Sorry, that's it. That's it. That's what you finished with. Oh, yeah. That's what you sent the <laughs> listeners home with tonight, that they, Ray's Creek is named after a bloke called John Ray. John Ray. Interestingly, we've got a guy on our tour who's called John, and what's his wife called? Ray. There you go. <laughs> hey. And I don't think it's named after the pair of them. <laughs> no. You see how I turned that around? I turned it, a fact yeah, that was, that was that actually was <laughs> pretty nondescript and uninteresting into something. But look... I think the Masters rolls round. It's a great start to the major season. We are now looking forward to a couple of the other majors, which I think will throw up very different challenges. Mm -hmm. Tiger has announced he's definitely playing the 150th Open at St. Andrews. And I do know that we now have a confirmed guest coming in to talk to us about St. Andrews prior to uh, that event. So I'm very pleased about that. And that will give us a bit of an insight before the tournament. I do think Tiger has a chance at St. Andrews, I just think it's a very big yeah. field. I think it's going to need to be something insane for yeah. him to win it. Um, I'm not going to say he can't. No, no. But I'm just not expecting him to win it. Um, but uh, that's, but that's going to be... the low there. Yeah. So it's a different, it's a different uh, major. It altogether. is a completely different major. Um, but uh, it's good news to see that that is, that is coming and that he is going to play at that. So with Absolutely. Masters out of the way... Mike needing to get out of the way, Uh Des worrying about the traffic to get home of an evening uh, and all the rest of it. I think it's probably time to wind this review podcast up and uh, we will be back very shortly with another episode, hopefully going back to maybe, as we said before, one or two of our more normal uh, story-based pods. But until we are back again, on behalf of In the Footsteps of Giants, my name is Martin. My name's Des. My name's Young Mike. And we'll see you again very shortly. If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, please hit the subscribe button from wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you'd like to leave us a good review, that would be most helpful as well. And... If you'd like to interact with the podcast, please use our Twitter feed, which is at itfog under slash podcast, and we'll happily deal with any queries or suggestions that you might uh, like to give us for future episodes.